Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Tuesday, March 2nd, and the Bruins have been practicing this morning in advance of tomorrow night's game against the Washington Capitals at TD Garden. Before we get into what the lines and defense combos look like, I want to remind you the podcast is available on every podcast app that you might use, so please do hit that subscribe button so that each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. That would be greatly appreciated. And if you could also pop up a rating or review, especially for you Apple users, uh, that would uh, really make my day. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LOBostonBruins, Instagram at LockedOnBruins. You can find me at ENC McLaren on both platforms. Uh, hockey analysis, dad jokes on Twitter, and uh, just some regular boring stuff on Instagram. Uh, For those of you who may be new to the podcast, I have been writing about hockey for 16 or so years now. I worked full-time as a hockey writer for The Score up here in Toronto, now living in Guelph, Ontario, where I recently covered uh, the uh, Guelph Storm junior hockey prospects for various SB Nation sites. Been hosting this podcast since October 2019, and it's a great pleasure to discuss all things Boston Bruins on a daily basis, and I really appreciate those of you who tune in. Uh, So yeah, the Bruins gathered for practice after a day off on Monday, following an up-and-down weekend in New York, two pretty bad losses to the Islanders and Rangers, and then a big, encouraging win over those same Rangers on Sunday. Uh, There were some very interesting takeaways from the practice lines and defensive combinations here on Tuesday morning. For starters, David Krejci was back on the second line in a regular jersey, which is a sign that he could be ready to return to the lineup uh, tomorrow night against Washington. He was skating with uh, Nick Ritchie on the left side, Jake DeBrusque on the right side. The third line consisted of Trent Frederick, Charlie Coyle, and Craig Smith. And on the fourth line, we had Sean Corrali skating on the left side, Wagner on the right, with Jack Stanika resuming his spot uh, down the middle. I had talked on Twitter, I think I mentioned it the other day on the podcast as well, that Jack Stanika certainly looks much more comfortable down the middle than on the wing, and possibly thought maybe they would put Coyle on the right side to allow Stanika to stay at the center spot. Instead, Sean Corrali moving from fourth line center to fourth line left wing with Stanika getting uh, the spot there. So we'll see if that sticks uh, for actual game action. Uh, Bjork and McKaig skating as extra forwards uh, in this one or in this practice as well. McKaig did look pretty good uh, in his Bruins debut, but likely the odd man out if Krejci is indeed ready to play. Uh, Bjork, like I mentioned, also 
an extra skater. I think he's looked pretty good, but where do you fit him in? Do you go with two left-hand shots on the right side, taking Wagner out and putting in Bjork, perhaps? Uh, that might not be the worst thing in the world, but again, I can't say it enough that Zach Sinitian, a right-hand shot, has looked very good for the Providence Bruins. Rather than putting left-hand shots on the right side, I'd prefer to see uh, him up there, but who do you take off the left side? That uh, is a mystery as well. Some interesting notes on defense as well. We had Jacobs Borrell back with Charlie McAvoy on the top pair. Matt Grizzlick skating in a regular jersey. So like Krejci, he could be back in the lineup against the Capitals. He did travel with the Bruins to New York, didn't make it back into a game. So hopefully now, after a couple extra days, he's ready to go. Again, he has been injured a few times this season. Uh, this one kept him out of the lineup for longer than the rest. Um, and hopefully he is 100% and able to be in the lineup for a sustained period of time, which we haven't yet seen here this season. Now the third pairing... Yerho uh, Vakaninen was bumped from the third pairing. He was skating with John Moore on the fourth pairing with Steve Kampfer uh, serving as the ninth defenseman, meaning a recently claimed off waivers Jared Tenordi is on the third pair alongside Connor Clifton at the moment in practice. Doesn't necessarily mean he'll play Wednesday, but interesting to see that he was on that third pairing, uh, getting some regular looks in practice here in advance of tomorrow night's game. Now, I've said uh, on Twitter, on here, that it really looks like Tenorti wasn't necessarily brought in as a left-hand shot or to bring depth to that position per se, but it looks increasingly as though he was brought in to offset the loss of Kevin Miller. Kevin Miller is a big body physical and that's what Jared Tenorti who's 6'6 uh, can bring to the lineup as well not very offensively minded at all um, but big body physical presence and Kevin Miller absent from practice once again there is increasing concern about his long-term uh, health after going through major knee reconstruction surgery missing almost two years of action. He has looked okay so far this season, but perhaps uh, structurally his knee can't handle the rigors of uh, NHL life, and therefore Jared Tenorti brought in to fill that gap, and we'll see again here if he is indeed going to be called upon to make his Bruins debut on Wednesday against the Capitals. In fact, according to Connor Ryan, Jared Tenorti led the post-practice stretch, and that could be an indication as well that, you know, he's in the lineup and will be someone the Bruins uh, rely on here, at least for a couple games, to try to bring that physical presence. Carson Kuhlman has been sent to the Providence Bruins, according to Mark Diver, citing AHL transactions. Uh, so, uh, that's a good indication as well that David Krejci will be back in the lineup coming off injured reserve. So those are your news and notes from Bruins practice. And uh, we'll have a better view of how the lineup will look after the morning skate on Wednesday. 
I know I save NHL news and notes for later in the podcast, but I did want to mention that it looks as though Sidney Crosby has been placed on the COVID-19 protocol list and will miss at least one game. Uh, that would be tonight against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. So just as the list was starting to dwindle across the league, here now we have one of the league's premier players being placed on the COVID list. Doesn't necessarily mean he tested positive. Could be a false positive or just a matter of contact tracing. But uh, not a great look for the NHL to have uh, one of their best players on that list for sure. But most importantly, hopefully he uh, is going to be okay (laughs) if indeed it is a positive test. That's, of course, the most important thing. And we've seen stories around the league uh, of players who have been seriously affected by it. Alex Stalock developed a heart condition. Um, Evgeny Kuznetsov talked about how much it impacted him. Uh, So it's definitely not something to uh, take lightly by any means, uh, even now as people are starting to get vaccinated and and the like. Did you know chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. They offer the lowest price possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. They're a family-owned business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Their catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, their prices are always reliably low and the same for pros as well as do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day by subscribing to the Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. All right, it's Tuesday here on Locked on Boston Bruins, and that means we're updating the East Division power rankings. The Bruins took a bit of a hit recently with uh, those two lopsided losses last week, so we'll see where they stand in a moment, but let's begin at the bottom, and there's no question that the eighth team in the East is the Buffalo Sabres, a record of 6-10-3. 15 points, a 395 point percentage, a minus 13 goal differential. And I thought this week I would look primarily at expected goals as a metric for evaluating these teams. Whereas Corsi looks at a shot attempt differential, expected goals looks at the shot quality to determine which team is expected to score more goals on a regular basis, primarily at 5-on-5 play, which is where the majority of a hockey game is played. So the Sabres, their expected goals for is 48.77, meaning, you know, regularly 
expected to be outscored by the opposition. Uh, they're actually not dead at last in that area in the division, but uh, still not very good, and that can be expected to remain low as long as Jack Eichel is out of the lineup. Again, as I talked about yesterday, he's out of the lineup with a lower body injury, some confusion as to when that injury occurred, um, and he and head coach Ralph Kruger don't seem to be on the same page. There's increasing talk about him being traded. Uh, Taylor Hall could be a candidate to be traded as a pre-trade deadline flip, uh, looking for some picks or prospects. Um, and uh, yeah, the Sabres just once again, not, not even not living up to expectations. They're just completely obliterating any possible thought of them making a run at the playoff spot once again and uh, they could be headed towards uh, maybe blowing up the roster there are some good young talented pieces there obviously Eichel Rasmus Dahlin uh, but just not fitting together and uh, yeah once again they're at the bottom of the east division next up I'm gonna put the New Jersey Devils I had thought this team was showing some promise, could possibly push for a playoff uh, berth. Right now, they have a record of 7-8-2, 16 points, and a 471 point percentage, a minus 7 goal differential. The points and the goal differential put them in 7th in the division. Uh, their expected goals is at 50.07, so there is some you know, offensive talent there. They just have yet to put it all together to stay healthy. They had COVID issues. Um, I think this team could be dangerous down the road if, you know, Jack Hughes is a hit, Nico Heischer is a hit, Pavel Zaka, Ty Smith, Mackenzie Blackwood. Like, they do have some good young pieces there. Uh, just not quite up to the level of a playoff contender at this point. In sixth this week, I'm putting the... New York Rangers. They have a record of 7-9-3 for 17 points, 447 uh, point percentage, minus 2 goal differential. They have a pretty encouraging expected goals at 51.29. Again, they have a load of offensive talent. Similar to the Devils, a bunch of high recent draft picks. They have Artemi Panarin, although he's still away from the team on his uh, politically induced leave. Um, but yeah, just not able to get it done. Four, five, and one in their last uh, 10 games. They did beat the Bruins pretty handily on Friday, but then the Bruins rebounded with that promising win on Sunday. And uh, right now they're six points behind the Pittsburgh Penguins. So it's going to be pretty tough for them to get back into the playoff race. It really looks like there's five teams here that will be vying for those four playoff spots. And in... Fifth, sorry, in sixth this week, I'm putting the Pittsburgh Penguins. They have a record of 11, 8, and 1. A 575 point percentage, but a minus 5 goal differential. And their expected goals is seventh in the division at 48.27, which is not very encouraging at all. Evgeny Malkin, I've got him on one of my keeper fantasy teams, and he has just been atrocious this season to make matters worse it's a salary cap league so I'm committed to nine and a half million to this one player who 
um, is being outproduced by many around the NHL. Uh, Tristan Jari has looked pretty good in net, uh, so that's a bonus for them lately. But uh, yeah, I don't know if this team is going to be shooken up at some point. But um, yeah, certainly not looking like the Penguins of old by any stretch of the imagination. Right now, they are on the outside looking in in terms of points and point percentage. And they could very well be the team outside of the playoff race when all is said and done. In fourth this week, I'm actually going to put the Philadelphia Flyers. By point percentage, they are first. They have a 694 point percentage. They had a bunch of games postponed due to COVID, so they've only played 18 times. They have a plus seven goal differential, which is tied for second in the division. But their expected goals is dead last in the division at 47.13. Their Corsi numbers are also uh, well down near the bottom of all NHL teams. So they're a weird, uh, a weird case. They have a lot of offensive talent. They have a pretty decent defense core, a potential Nor- Norris Vesna trophy candidate at some point in Carter Hart, uh, but their underlying numbers very, very bad. And um, all that together puts them in fourth for me this week. And third, I'm putting the Washington Capitals. They have 28 points to lead the division. A 667 point percentage does put them in third, plus four goal differential. And their expected goals is at 50.27, which ranks them fourth among the East Division teams. They will play the Bruins tomorrow night in Boston with Zdeno Chara making his return to the Garden. Of course, there won't be any fans in attendance, so it won't be the emotional scene that it would have been under normal circumstances, but it will obviously still be weird to see Zdeno Chara skating over that spoke to be at center ice wearing a different jersey. That leaves us with two teams. I'm putting our Bruins down in second this week. They have a point percentage of 684. They have a uh, division high goal differential of plus nine. They rank second in the division in expected goals at 51.48. And their shot attempt differential numbers are very good as well. Um, But I'm putting them behind the New York Islanders this week. If you've listened to the East Division Power Rankings in the past, you'll know that I have been quite skeptical of the Islanders um, because of the fact over the last few seasons, their underlying numbers were not very strong at all, did not have good possession numbers. They kind of dined out on a strong goaltending tandem of Semyon Varlamov and Thomas Grice. They're now getting pretty... Strong goaltending from Varlamov and Ilya Sorokin, who I believe has two shutouts to start his uh, career with the Islanders. And they rank first in terms of expected goals at 53.13. Of course, the Bruins have lost only five games in regulation this season. Three of them have come at the hands of the New York Islanders. Their goal differential is plus uh, seven. They're 6-2-2 over their last 10 games, and I'm giving them the edge over the Bruins this week due to their, uh, you know, head-to-head matchups, their underlying numbers, and uh, it's just time to give the Islanders some respect here. So to recap, the Islanders in first, Bruins second, 
followed by the Capitals, Flyers, Penguins, Rangers, Devils, and Sabres. And again, it's looking more and more like uh, the playoff race will come down to uh, the Penguins fighting with, you know, the Flyers, Bruins, Capitals, Islanders for those top four spots. I'm becoming less convinced that the Rangers, Devils will be in the mix, and the Sabres are just a write-off once again. Let me know what you think about this week's power rankings. Agree, disagree, hit me up at ENC McLaren or at LO Boston Bruins on Twitter. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA, college basketball, NHL are in full swing, and baseball is just around the corner. They even cover award shows and reality TV. Bet online has real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Best of all, it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up for a free account to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Tuesdays on Locked On NHL, it's all about the East Coast bias as Locked On Sabres host Joe DiBiase and Mike DiStefano of Locked On Leafs take a look at the biggest stories in the Eastern Conference. From Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin to the defending champion Lightning, the up-and-coming Rangers, and everyone in between, Locked On NHL is the place to be for Eastern Conference intel every Tuesday. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. Let's take a look at some news and notes from around the league to wrap up today's podcast. The big trade bait board from TSN has been revealed in advance of the uh, trade deadline, which is about six weeks away now. And there are some very interesting names on the board that the Bruins could potentially take a look at. Number one on the list, we have Matthias Ekholm. I've talked about him here on the podcast before as a very attractive target for the Boston Bruins. He's 30 years old. He's a left-hand shot, $3.75 million cap hit, and he has one year remaining on that deal. Now, that could actually be prohibitive for the Bruins as, of course, they will have to protect uh, some defensemen from the Seattle Kraken expansion draft coming up this summer. So if you add Ekholm, you risk... Uh, losing him to Seattle uh, for nothing, or you have to decide whether or not to, you know, not protect uh, Matt Grizzlick, for example. Uh, you'd expect Carlo, obviously McAvoy and Grizzlick to be the three guys that they will protect. If you add Ekholm, who still has another year left on his deal, then that might complicate things. Uh, other names the Bruins might look at on this list. Uh, there's David Savard, Tony D'Angelo, Brandon Montour, numbers 2, 3, and 4. All right-hand shot defensemen. I don't think the Bruins would be looking at any of those guys, but Taylor Hall at number 5. He's making $8 million a season, but he's a UFA at season's end. And, you know, he was a guy that I talked a lot about back in the offseason as a prime target for the Bruins, and he would still look um, like a great player on the left side of a line with either 
David Krejci or Charlie Coyle. And bringing him in would also give the Bruins uh, exclusive negotiating rights when he does become a UFA or before he becomes a UFA in the offseason. So that would be a bonus as well. Bobby Ryan at number seven, I think would be a great target for the Bruins, especially with Andre Kasha. His status still up in the air. He did skate today prior to Bruins practice, but did not participate. Bobby Ryan's only making a million dollars, so they could easily fit him in this season. He's got six goals in 23 games. Uh, Jake Vertanen was another guy that they were believed to be interested in. A right-hand shot with the Vancouver Canucks. He is signed through next season at $2.55 million. He only has one goal and one that's it, one goal in 19 games this season. Uh, Sam Bennett, Tanner Pearson, uh, Luke Glendening, also other names. Vince Dunn really stands out to me as well as uh, that left-hand shot defenseman. He's only 20, no, sorry, he's 24, and he could really uh, fill a need for the Bruins in the top four defensive position uh, for years to come, really, if, if they were able to sign him as he RFA this coming offseason. Eric Stahl, Mark Stahl, Ryan Dezingle uh, rounding out the trade bait board presented by Frank Saravelli of TSN as well. I guess elsewhere, interestingly, Columbus Blue Jackets general manager Yarmo Kekalainen gave John Tortorella a dreaded vote of confidence. I believe he's in the last year of his contract. The Blue Jackets struggling at the moment. They are outside of the playoff picture, seven points behind the Chicago Blackhawks for the fourth spot in the Discover Central. And it's going to be very hard to catch uh, the Hurricanes, Lightning, Panthers well up there. And the surprising Blackhawks um, are in that fourth playoff spot. So, yeah, tough times for the Blue Jackets. And uh, perhaps they might want to shake things up behind the bench after making that big trade to bring in Patrick Laine, and Jack Roslovich. I think that's pretty much it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Thank you so much for listening. Again, a few days here between games for the Bruins. Uh, and I thank you for tuning in on these off days just to check in on how the Bruins are doing, what's coming up next, of course. The Bruins will be in action Wednesday against the Washington Capitals, and we'll tee up that game tomorrow on the podcast, as well as open up the mailbag. So send in some questions to at LO Boston Bruins on Twitter or Locked on Bruins on Instagram. That would be very much appreciated. I hope you're all having a great week. Uh, tonight, be watching more Yellowstone, deep into season three, and very much enjoying that show. Um, yeah, I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, so yeah, do take care of yourselves, friends, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.